Let me say, I am so glad not to be in here by myself looking at that crazy camera. That's been unusual, I'll just say the least to, of that. And so, uh, uh, but God has been good to us. And so I'm not even going to pay attention to that thing. Uh, my wife said, you need to look in the camera, look at the camera. But I'm used to doing this right here. When I'm preaching, it's hard to just do that right there. And so anyway, uh, we're learning new ways. We're learning new ways. If you got your Bibles this morning, go meet to the book of Revelation, chapter 1. Book of Revelation, chapter 1. And when you think about the word revelation, if you do a study of that word revelation, that word revelation is the Greek word apocalypsis, which we derive our word apocalypse from. But unfortunately... Nowadays, when we use the word apocalypse, we have changed the meaning of the word to mean catastrophic event or final destruction. But the Greek word apocalypse does not mean that at all. What it means is it means to unveil. It means to take away the cover so that you can see more clearly. And Revelation was written to the disciple John as he was exiled on the island of Patmos, and while he was on this exile, this is when he received this revelation of Jesus Christ. And let me say this, John's prophecy in Revelation is primarily the revelation of Jesus Christ and who he is, and not the revelation of future events. Understand that. The main emphasis in Revelation is who Jesus Christ is, amen? And so I want to pick up with verse 7 and 8 in Revelation chapter 1. Then we're going to skip down to verse 17 and 18. And this is when John has a vision of Jesus Christ and who he is. Let's see what he says here. He says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him, so it is to be. Amen. Then he says in verse 8, this is what Jesus tells John. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Notice what he says there. He says, who is, that's present. Right? He says, who was, that's past. And then he says, who was to come, who is to come, that's future. Okay, so in other words, he covers all space and all time. And then he says this, verse 17, he says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. And he says, verse 18, and the living one, and I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and have the keys of death and of Hades, or the realm of the dead. So let's go back to verse 17 this morning, and also look what John tell, or what Jesus tells John here about himself. Look, the first thing he says in verse 17 is this. We see there on the three lines up. He says, John, do not... Be afraid. Now, let me say this. I remember growing up as a small kid, when I would read my Bible, I would want to stay out of Revelation because that was scary stuff to me. And it is to a lot of people nowadays. But Revelation was not written to scare you. 
Okay? It wasn't even written to confuse you. That's what man does with their interpretations. All right? Revelation was written to calm and comfort God's people to let them know that no matter what age they were living in, Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We overcome through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. See, every age has faced situations that were uncertain to its people, to the church at their time, that were frightening at their time, And so what Jesus is telling John, first and foremost, what I'm about to tell you, don't be afraid because I'm not writing this to scare you. I'm writing this to comfort you. I'm writing this to encourage you. Now, we talked about this, for those of you that watched us online last week, about this subject of fear. And we said that fear... Is that feeling of dread? Is that feeling of panic? That feeling of anxiety? Is that unknown? You don't know what's going to happen? And you realize that fear will cause you to do irrational things. I mean, some of us are so afraid of dying right now that we don't even live. Don't get mad at me now. I'm not saying be stupid. But I'm just saying that some of us, we're so afraid, we're afraid of each other. You ever realize, and I, 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 maybe I shouldn't go here, what this has done to us, how we look at each other now with like a suspicious eye. And so fear, if we're not careful, it causes us to do irrational things. Think about this. It was because of fear that Adam and Eve tried to hide from God, thinking they could hide from God in the garden. You can't hide from God. It was because of fear that the children of Israel, right as they got on the promised land, they said, we're not going because there's giants in that land. And because of fear, they shrunk back from the promises of God. It was because of fear that Elijah, even though, I don't understand this, even though he had slew all those prophets of Baal, but yet one woman says, I'm going to kill you today. And all of a sudden, here's Elijah, a man that stood up for all the Baal's false prophets. And now he is simply running for his life because of fear. It was because of fear that the man with one talent went and buried his talent in the ground instead of going out and multiplying those talents. It was because of fear that Christ's disciples deserted him at the cross. It was because of fear that we do a lot of irrational things. And so Jesus tells John in Revelations 1.17, he says, John, do not be afraid. And why should we not be afraid? Why was Jesus telling John, do not be afraid? Well, he says this. He says, because I am the living one. I'm the living one. I am the living one. Do you realize that we serve a Savior that is not dead He is alive, and right now, he is at the right hand of the Father, and he is making intercession. He's making prayer for every single one of us. So he says, John, I'm the living one. I've already defeated 
the thing that people fear the most, which is death. See, Jesus has already defeated death. Paul tells in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, he says, O death, where is your victory, O death or O grave? Where is your sting? Jesus Christ has already defeated death. Then he says this to John. He says, not only am I the living one, he says, but I hold the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Do you realize that when you've got keys, you've got authority, right? The way we've been doing this this past Wednesday night where we wouldn't allow people into a certain time, I had one person tell me, I like that. I like being on the inside and watching people on the outside and they can't come in because I've got the ability to let them in. It wasn't me. It was a young person. But when you got the key to a door, you can go in and out as you please. You've got the authority. And what Jesus is saying here is I've got the keys of death. In other words, I've got authority over death. I've got authority over the realm of the dead. I've got the authority over these things. They don't have authority over me, but I'm the one that's in control of these things. And so he says, John, do not be afraid because I'm the living one. I have keys to death and hell And then he says this, John, I want you to know this also. He says, I am the alpha. I'm the alpha. What does that mean, alpha? That means that's the the first letter of the Greek alphabet. I am the beginning. He says, I am the A. What he wanted John to realize is, I am from everlasting to everlasting. What he wanted John to realize was this, I was there at the beginning. I was there when it began, if you could even imagine that. But with God, there's no time or no space. Now, we can't comprehend that, and that's fine. But he tells John, I was there at the beginning. How do we know this? Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us, what is that? Is that plural? Yeah. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And so what he's saying there is, John, I was there at the beginning. Colossians 1.17 says it like this. says, he, that's Jesus, is before all things. And in him, Jesus Christ, he holds all things together. And so he says, John, I am the alpha. I was there at the beginning. Well, you know this also? You realize Jesus was there at your beginning, at my beginning? Psalms 139, verse 13. Look what the psalmist says here. He says, for you formed me in my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. Then he says in verse 16, he says, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. Now look at this part. 
And in your book were written all the days that were ordained or laid out for me when as yet there was not one of them. And so what the psalmist says here is, you were there at my beginning. Before anything existed, you had already ordained everything in my life. That's a comfort to me. That's a comfort to me. But not only was it there at our physical beginning, Jesus was there at our spiritual beginning. We know that Hebrews 12 and 2 says that he's the author. That means he's the beginning. He's the one who initiated this. He's the one who started this. And then not only does he say, John, am I the alpha? And I, am I the beginning? But he's also the in-between. He's the B to the Y. I think that's the right letter before Z. He's everything in between. He's not only the beginning, he's the in-between. And he says this, not only am I the alpha, John, but I'm also the omega, which is the final letter in the Greek alphabet. And so what he's saying there is, John, I was there when it all started. And you know what? I'm going to still be there when it all comes to completion. When it all comes to completion, John, I'm going to still be there. Not only is he the author of our faith, he's also the finisher or the completer of our faith. Look what Isaiah 46 and 10 says. Only I, that's God, can tell you the future before it even happens. And then look what he says here. He says, everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. Glory be to God. Do you realize, and I say this a lot, but I'll say it again right here. There's not a devil in hell. There's not a virus on this earth that can thwart God's plan. There's no king, there's no kingdom that can keep God from doing what he has planned to do. Glory be unto God. Even when we are in the darkest times of our life, when we're perplexed, when we don't understand what's going on, God is still on the throne. He's still working it out just the way he wants it to work out. And there's nothing this world can do to stop it. I serve a God that is not only the Alpha, he's also the Omega. He's going to bring everything to completion just the way he wants it to happen. Amen. Think about it. How do we know that he's the Omega? Well, you see this in the very nature of God. If you go back to the very beginning, we talked about this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, look what the Bible says. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished. And all the host of them. Everything that God created at that time in the beginning, he completed it. He brought it to pass. He finished it. And I don't know about you, but listen, 
Over these last eight weeks, I've become a carpenter. I've become a painter. I've become an electrician. I've become everything because my wife has given me so many projects around the house that we, I guess we sat in our house so long, we said, well, that needs fixing, that needs fixing, we need to plant this, we need to kill this. I, I can kill it, but, it, you know, we need to plant this. But as I looked around the last couple of days, I said, you know what? There's still some stuff we need to finish. But just because I don't finish everything I start doesn't mean that God will not finish everything that he starts. When he started creation, he finished it. He completed it. He brought it to pass. You not only see it in creation, you also see it in salvation. Now think about this. Jesus was the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. Okay? That means what Adam and Eve did in the garden, it didn't catch God off guard. I can't walk down here. I forgot about that. My bad. <laughs> they can't see me up there, I don't think, on the camera if I walk down there. voice or something. <laughs> but, but anyway, and I forgot where I was at. <laughs> Y'all got me, got this, this stuff that got me thrown off. But Jesus in salvation, he was the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. And every step of his life was ordered by God. Think about it. When he was born in Bethlehem, what did Herod try to do? He tried to have all the babies, males, two years old and under, killed. And so God took Mary and Joseph and told them to go down to Egypt. All of a sudden, after his baptism, what happens? Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And the devil says, all these things I'll give you if you'll just simply bow down. And in other words, you don't have to go to the cross. I'll just give them to you if you'll just simply bow down and worship me. All the people, the Pharisees, that tried to stone him, that tried to kill him, they could not lay a hand on him because God had ordained him as the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. And then when Jesus was on the cross in John 19 and 30, what does he say? He says, it is finished. It has been brought to completion. He finished the work that God had called him to do. And so we see God's finishing work in salvation. Even Paul would say it like this in Philippians 1 chapter 6. He said, and I am certain that he that began a good work in me will finish it, will continue it until the day that Jesus Christ calls me home and I'm confident that God is going to finish what he started in me. I'm confident that God's going to finish what he started in you because God finishes what he starts. Now here's the problem with that. A lot of our problems is we want to know the in-between. We want to know, well, how's he going to do it? What's he going to do? 
And that's why we got to just simply walk by faith and just trust in God. See, I don't care about knowing how the cow's butchered. Or how they get all that, how they get a ribeye out of that. I don't understand. I don't care about that. I don't care about knowing how the hot dog's made. They say if you know that, you probably won't eat one again. I just like the finished part. Right? And we got to have the same attitude in our life. I don't have to know every detail about how it's going to work, what he's going to take me through. But I do know this, that whatever he takes me through, he's just simply working in me and on my life. So you not only see that he's the omega, the completer, the finisher in creation, you not only see it in salvation, but you also see it in history. Do you realize that history is his story? It's his story. That's what history is. See, God is sovereignly watching over us, and he is working us to our ultimate goal. He's working it. Now, I understand that a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people last year say this. Man, I'll be glad, so glad when 19 is over with. I'm ready for 20. How you like that? Then some people say, I'm ready for 21. We don't know what 21 is going to bring. Right? But there's times when God takes us through things where we don't understand what he's, go, what, what, what he's, what he's taking us through and why he's taking us through it. But we need to realize, as John realized, no matter what we face, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He's the living Savior. He's making intercession for us right now. He's already conquered death, hell, and the grave. He has the keys to those things. He's the alpha. He started this world. He's the in-between, what we don't understand a lot of times, but he's also the omega. He's the one that will finish what he started. He is timeless. He is eternal. And no matter where you stand in history, no matter what you are facing today, no matter what we face next week, you can rest assured that God already knows it, God has already accomplished it, and we can rest in God's care. Amen. Amen. The Alpha and Omega, first and the last, the one that works everything out according to his plans. That's what Jesus is. He is the first and the last. He will bring it to pass. It's all in his hands, and he's going to work it out. Let me look at one more verse, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. Don't you come play? Don't you play Waymaker? Look what Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. Paul says that he makes everything work out according to his plan. 
Now, either we trust that or we don't. Okay? Either we're going to wrestle against that or we're going to rest in that. Either we're going to be frustrated or we're going to walk by fear. fear and fear and frustration, we're going to walk by faith. See, and I know I've said this a lot of times on these online messages. We need to trust this more than anything anybody's saying. We need to trust this. We've got to the point help me not to go here but I gotta go here. Where we are more interested in what some quote unquote prophet has to say than what this has to say. Come on now. We gotta base everything that we do by this word right here and nothing else. This word is timeless. It's the truth. It does not lie. It does not change. It does have to go back and say, well, I miscalculated on something. What this word says, it will come to pass. And when you read Revelation, what we realize from that is Jesus Christ the first time, he came as the Lamb of God. But the second time, he's coming as the Lion of the tribe of Judah to rule and reign forever. I don't know how it's going to work out or when it's going to work out. But I do know that God is going to finish what he started. And I can rest assured in that. I can rest assured in that. God's going to finish what he starts. I want you to stand. We're going to sing this song. Come on, you guys grab a mic. Whatever you got to do. Sing it. Worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you Darkness, my God. That- 
be afraid. Don't be afraid. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He started. He's going to finish it. He's going to finish it. See, God is not like you. He's faithful. He doesn't start some say, well, I'm tired. I think I'm through with that. He is Almighty God. Father God, we love you. God, I thank you, Lord, for the power and the presence of your spirit, God, we felt in this service today. Lord Jesus, we can rest in your care. And God, I pray, Lord, as we battle fear from time to time, as the psalmist says, when I'm afraid, I'll put my trust in you. I'll trust in the hand of God, the faithfulness of God, the trustworthiness of God. And Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, as your people during these days we're living, help us, God, to be salt and light you called us to be. Help us, Lord, to have hope so that when people see us out, they can ask us, what's the reason for your hope? And we can tell them about Jesus Christ, the one who's the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord Jesus, as we leave this place today, God, I pray that we would trust in you and set our sights and our minds upon you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. They're going to sing while you guys are dismissed. See you Wednesday night if you're going to be with us Wednesday night. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord. Light in the darkness.